Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, October 8th. This is your FT News Briefing. Eli Lilly has applied for an emergency approval of its COVID-19 drug as markets wait for some good news, either medical or fiscal. Then, according to documents seen by the Financial Times, the Vatican invested donations in derivatives that bet on the creditworthiness of Hertz. That's the rental car company. And the FBI picks up the case of two men found dead more than five years ago in a hotel room in Missouri. We'll look at how this relates to alleged corruption at a British mining company. I'm Brendan Greeley, in for Mark Filipino. Here's the news you need to start your day. Eli Lilly, the U.S. drug maker, has applied for an emergency authorization of its COVID-19 antibody in the U.S. This would be among the first treatments available for patients with mild to moderate cases of the disease. So far, most of the drugs used to treat COVID-19 are meant for patients who are already in the hospital. An antibody mimics the body's own response, and it could be used to treat patients with mild or moderate symptoms. According to Lilly, Patients taking a combination of two of its antibodies were 85% less likely to end up in the hospital than those who had taken a placebo. Lilly will be competing with Regeneron, which developed the antibody treatment that Donald Trump took last week. More than 850 patients have taken Lilly's treatment. The next step is an open-label study. That's where patients know they're taking the drug. Stay with me on this one. The Vatican invested donations that were meant for the poor and needy into derivatives that bet on the creditworthiness of Hertz. That's the U.S. rental car company that defaulted on its debts earlier this year. According to documents seen by the Financial Times, in 2015, part of a 528 million euro Vatican portfolio bought structured notes. They contained credit default swaps that bet that Hertz would not default on its debts by April 2020. It's been a long year, but you may remember that Hertz filed for bankruptcy. That was in May. The investment was made under Cardinal Giovanni Angelo Becciu. He was stripped of his rights as a cardinal by the Pope last month over an allegation of misappropriation. There's no evidence that the Pope was aware of the investment, but he did say in 2018 that credit default swaps were a ticking time bomb and that they encouraged the growth of a finance of chance and of gambling on the failure of others, which is unacceptable, he said, from the ethical point of view. Now, a story about alleged corruption and a mining company that was not too long ago at the heart of the British economy. Several years ago, the UK's serious fraud office was working on a high-stakes corruption case when two potential witnesses were found dead in a hotel room in Springfield, Missouri. The two men had held senior positions at the African unit of Eurasian Natural Resources Corporation, or ENRC, which was the target of the SFO's investigation. The cause of death was declared to be malaria, but an FT investigation has cast doubt on that. Our own Tom Burgess has looked into the case. He's with me on the line to discuss what he found. Tom, why don't we start with the two people who died? Who are these two people whose bodies were found in a hotel room in Missouri? Well, James Bethel and Herit Strydem were two South Africans. They were mining guys and they'd gone on a road trip in the States. They'd been a few days on the road feeling a bit strange. Uh, 
When they got to Springfield, Missouri, they checked into a motel. And because they didn't feel better, they stayed for a couple of nights. And then they didn't come out of their two separate rooms the next day. So the staff went in and found them both dead. Two men in their mid-40s, nothing to show what had killed them. The local medical examiner called in the federal authorities and they did some tests on the samples they received. And the local police announced these two guys had died of cerebral malaria. Now, our investigation finds that there are huge contradictions in that diagnosis. We've also found there were big problems with the medical investigation. And we've showed what we found to a top malaria expert who says that the chances of these two men dying of malaria are almost certainly nil, which raises the question, if malaria didn't kill them, what did? So what should we make of these two deaths? These two men had until recently worked for a huge multi-billion dollar mining company. That company was founded by three Central Asian oligarchs who did well in the post-Soviet privatizations. They listed the company in London, then it went on to Africa, bought a load of mines, and then was the subject of corruption allegations about the acquisitions of those mines that the serious fraud office began investigating in 2013. Bethel and Stridham were potential important witnesses in that investigation. And so when the SFO investigators learned of their death, they were alarmed. You're always instructed when you're doing an investigation to assume that it was a mistake before you begin to think that it's a conspiracy. What about this makes you wonder, okay, could this be more than one incident in one hotel room? One of the main things that makes me wonder that is another death the following year, 2016. Another South African, a guy called Andre Becker. Now, he didn't work for ENRC, but he had been a geologist who'd assessed a manganese prospect in the Kalahari Desert in South Africa. And that manganese prospect had been sold by its owners in South Africa via an anonymously held company in Mauritius to ENRC in London. Now, ENRC had paid nearly $300 million for it. But some of the people who should have been paid out, some of the previous owners of that prospect, say that they were paid out on a much lower figure, raising the question, what happened to the difference? Now, Andre Becker was going around mining circles saying words to the effect of, I checked the geology on this prospect, and he was casting doubt on the valuation. This enormous sum that had gone from ENRC, the public listed corporation in London, to an anonymously owned company. Now, that was part of a pattern of that kind of deal of allegedly inflated acquisitions by the public listed company, shifting money into offshore vehicles that were either anonymously owned or were owned by the oligarchs themselves in their private capacity. Now, Andre Becker was found on the back seat of a burned out car, his corpse so badly charred that it took a check of his medical records to establish it was him. And a private eye who investigated the case tried to check out all the circumstances and ended up coming to London and talking with the serious fraud office investigators to explain to them Andre Becker's role in this huge saga of controversy surrounding ENRC. So now we have two men dead in La Quinta Inn in Missouri. The local diagnosis from the local authorities is cerebral malaria, which that doesn't have to mean anything, but it's not a common affliction that happens in Missouri. Who might have, if they were killed, killed these two men? Well, the crucial thing to say is that cerebral malaria almost certainly didn't kill them for the simple reason, as our medical expert explains, that the chances of two people 
being bitten by a mosquito. And over the course of two weeks, that disease progressing at exactly the same pace so that it kills them on the same night, the chances of that are almost certainly nil. And that may be one of the reasons why we've discovered the FBI is now investigating this case. As to the question of if they were killed, who killed them? And also, who may be responsible for Andrew Becker's death in South Africa? The answer to that is we don't know. We don't even know a range of suspects. And we should say that ENRC, through its representatives and the oligarchs themselves, known as the trio, they all vigorously deny any suggestion at all that they have been involved in corruption or have anything to do with these deaths. What we do know is that the deaths of potential witnesses in this case has one very tangible result, and that is fear. So the fear surrounding this case is having tangible consequences. Let's move this story forward a little bit to see where it goes. So far as we understand, the local police in Missouri still had the case open, but the FBI has picked it up now, as you said. Who is pulling on which threads at this point? Well, what we do know, the stark truth, is that a case that was publicly said to have been a case of malaria is now being investigated by the FBI. In South Africa, the Andre Becker case, the South African police service haven't been able to reach a conclusion to their investigations. And of course, then there's the serious fraud office itself. This is a very high stakes investigation. The allegation is that one of the most valuable companies in the UK, it's now been shifted to Luxembourg, but at one stage it was worth $20 billion. And it was right at the heart of uh, the British economy. That that company is alleged to have overseen corruption across Africa. The Serious Fraud Office is into the eighth year of investigating ENRC now. ENRC, meanwhile, has sued the Serious Fraud Office. ENRC's line is that the Serious Fraud Office investigators connived with ENRC's own former lawyers to cook up this scandal. So there's this enormous showdown working its way through various courts in London. But the central question for Lisa Osofsky, who's now two years into her job as the head of the Serious Fraud Office, is she going to try and push ahead? bring charges, seek a settlement? Or is she going to walk away? And if she does walk away, what's she going to do about the fact that the trial of ENRC's lawsuit against the SFO and their own lawyers is due next year, during which the British state, in the form of the Serious Fraud Office, will be accused of conniving in the most outrageous manipulation of the law. So the stakes could hardly be higher. Tom Burgess is our investigations correspondent. Thanks, Tom. Thanks very much. Real pleasure. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 